Welcome to Beautifully Bloomed, the podcast where we explore how to break you out of the box of rules and beliefs that are holding you back from the life you are meant to live. I'm your host, Rebecca Turville. Join me as I share mindset tools, coaching conversations, and human design to help you uncover your unique gifts and create the life, relationships, and business you desire. So welcome, Tice. Thank you so much for having me on my podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to talk about this topic because as I was telling you before we started that I have been studying Mormonism because I'm really fascinated. And so I've invited several people to um, talk this year as this is being released. I'm inviting other people to talk about their religious experiences, something I'm experiencing right now. I'm going through a transition in my religious beliefs. So I think this is a fascinating topic. And so First of all, tell me a little about the religion you came from or that you're, that we're going to talk about today. Like why? Yeah. Yeah. So I first heard of Mormonism in, I was probably 13 or 14 years old and it was in school. One of my best friends, she was a member of the church and she grew up, she was born and raised as a member in Brazil. And I just fell in love with the temples. I just loved the now I know it's the sacredness of the temple that I really loved, but at the time it was just how beautiful those buildings were and just that mystic feeling that you couldn't go inside. You can just see it from the outside. I just fell in love with the whole thing. And uh, we just. So you're in Brazil. Let me just ask that first. Were you, yes. you lived in Brazil. Do you in still Colorado. live in Brazil? No, now oh, I live okay. in Boston. Okay. <laughs> Let's get that straight first. Oh, okay. So you found yeah. Mormonism in Brazil. In Brazil. Okay, okay. So Brazil has the biggest Mormon community outside of the United States. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So we have a lot of members there. Oh, so your friend, did she kind of talk you into coming into the church? Yeah, she, she was. So we have the saying that every member is a missionary. So she definitely had that. Like, I need to share the gospel with all my friends in school. You know, everywhere she went, she would preach the gospel. Okay. So that's kind of how she she had that hook on me. And yeah, yeah, it was great. So you started going with her to church. Yes. Okay. Yes. So your yeah, parents so, didn't? No. Okay. So my parents were a little bit against it. They couldn't understand the church. And the, the church really sucks you in, especially as a teenager, because they have the meetings at that time, it were three hours on a Sunday morning, but then on Monday, you don't have anything, but from Tuesday through Friday, you have seminary that, you know, we go after school every single day for an hour or two, and then you socialize. Wow. And then Saturday, we have what they call the mutuals. It's just activity for the youth. Yeah. So we would spend the whole Saturday there and then the, the whole Sunday there. So my parents were a little like, what is this? <laughs> Where's my daughter now? And I was loving it. Well, it sounds to me like what you liked was it gave you community, kind of. Oh, absolutely. 100%. It's like, here's just kids my age and we're doing stuff all the time. And, yes. and not just yeah. that, they had really good standards, right? Like we're not mm-hmm. kids doing drugs, right? And that little group that I had at that time, they were very good yeah. people. So it was very easy for me to just be you know, entertained with that. Yeah. So you started there when you're 14, you're probably in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so you stayed then with the church through high school. Yeah. And then did you go to college? 
Yes. So I did. I went to college right out of high school, but I had a little gap to serve a mission. So so I was a missionary Mormon for a year and a half. Interesting. In the southern states in Brazil. Okay. So you did go on a mission. Did did you like, did you like being on the mission? Love it. Every second of it. It was amazing. (laughs) So I just, I think the experience was unbelievable. You know, just putting a bunch of, you know, young adults together and being there to preach the gospel and just sharing this message that I believed so much in my heart. So it was a very great experience. With that being said, (laughs) there were, you know, it's 50-50, right? Like there were a lot of things that probably I wanted to erase from my memory. But overall, those are very good memories that I have from my mission. I have a question. So when you started in high school, you weren't a Mormon, then you started being a Mormon. Now, did you have to start wearing these garments and doing all yes. this stuff? That must have felt very weird. Like, So you start with this after you go through the temple. Mm. So for me, I went through the temple because I was going on my mission. Typically, it's either so, yeah. to go on a mission or to get married in the temple or yeah. sometimes just because you want to go through the temple, <laughs> then you start wearing the garments. Yes, that's interesting. I don't know if it was weird because I I was so involved with the people in the church and all of yeah. them were. So yeah. for me, it was weird to think that I wouldn't wear. Yeah, but you just started and it was like, oh, no big deal. Like, I'm just going to oh, really go in this. <laughs> I was totally in. Like, yeah. as soon as I got back. So my brother, so I was baptized. And a week later, my brother was baptized. Hmm. And that was weird because I I have always been a lover of Jesus and I wanted to learn everything about Jesus. My brother was totally against. So in the church, we say that we feel the spirit and then you follow the spirit, right? By following it means you you get baptized. And my brother really felt it. He, so that was what my parents were like, oh, this is like a cult sucking up my children because both of the children it's just my brother and I yeah got baptized super fast my parents they took about five years or so and then they were also baptized oh wow so they went so, too <laughs> yes so when I got back from my mission we were all members of the church okay. and it was like that very okay. orthodoxic Mormon family at that time oh wow interesting so did you stay at home to go to college or did you Go yes, somewhere else. I okay. Okay. Yeah. And so there's not like a Mormon college where you live. No. Okay. No. So, cause I know I'm thinking of like Salt Lake or wherever no, there's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those Mormon colleges. So you're Mormon. So through college, did you still stay? Yes. The whole time. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, and did you find a Mormon guy to date? And- oh, I did. <laughs> I dated him for about five years and we were like set to get married and he was finished his MBA, I believe. And I was in college and he was not in love with me anymore. And Mm -hmm. we broke up and I was heartbroken. So I went on the mission. What was already planned for me to go on the mission anyways, but it was good for me to get away from him. And then as soon as I got back from my mission, he was living in the same town. So I was like, I need to get out of here. So I came to the U.S. That's how I I came here. I was about 23 years old when I moved to the U.S. I was living in Washington, D.C. And then, so I was dating, you know, all the LDS guys and everything, just having that single life inside of the LDS community. And that's where I found my husband. 
So you did marry an LDS. Yes. Yeah. And so did you guys like you did the temple marriage and all the things. Okay. And so I don't know. How old are you now? I'm 30, almost 37. Okay. So how long after you got married, did you stay as Mormons? Yeah. Yeah. Believing and doing all the things and family nights. I don't know all the things you do. (laughs) So we were very, very orthodoxic for over 10 years in our marriage. And it wasn't until we moved to Boston that we were a little bit. So he started having some doubts and I was like, don't talk to me about it. I don't want to hear any doubts that you have because in the church, we do have a little bit of this culture where it's really hard to have one believer and one not believer. So in my mind is like, if my husband is falling, I can't be a part of it. So in my mind, that was the the main thing is that we would need to get a divorce. Mm. And that was really hard. So I just didn't even want to hear. And he was all into, you know, Mormon podcasts and the Mormon story podcast. Yeah. And I was just like, I can do this. Yeah. And so that's how I was pushing him away. We were married for over 10 years. Oh, so you're not with the same husband anymore. No, yeah. I am. Oh, you are. Okay. You were married for over 10 right. years, but you were, ha- you were having, <laughs> we're having doubts. He was having doubts. And you were like, <laughs> yes. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because in Boston, did you still have a Mormon community? Like and yes. a church? And okay. You still had all the so things. So I think, Yes. I think, so what I said that way is that when we moved, so we were very, very orthodoxic in Washington, D.C., but when we moved to Boston, we we have the church here and it has a temple, right? And I was serving in my church, my word, but we didn't find the community. We didn't find mm-hmm. what we were looking for, I guess. We didn't yeah. have that friendship and then COVID hit and, you know, we were staying home, not going to a church in person. And the doubts just start piling up in my mind. So I would ask something and it was like, yeah. And he would give me all these explanations. So I was very afraid of falling out of the church because to me, it's so important. We believe that that was the only way to go back to heaven. The only way to be with your family forever. But so So your belief, like, what were you thinking about? what it was for you up until the age of 14, because you weren't a Mormon up until the age of 14. So what what you thought is, oh, if I wouldn't have gotten to be a Mormon, I would never get to be with my family in heaven. Or is that kind of what your line of thinking was about? Well, no, because that? I didn't know about it, right? I didn't yeah. know about the Mormons at all. Yeah. But I'm I just saying, looking back, like, what would you back. think? Yeah. Well, <laughs> is it like... Good so thing we found. Right. That <laughs> yeah. was the whole thing. It's like yeah. I am so I'm so blessed that I found it. <laughs> yeah. But they have this whole, you know, baptism for the dad, the dad. So yeah. if you don't get baptized in the, your life, I guess you <laughs> pray that someone will baptize you after your dad or something like oh, that. Oh, interesting. Yes, right. They have this whole explanation. Yeah. Looking back, it's like it doesn't make sense. But basically what you're saying is you as a Mormon could now go to the temple and you could baptize people who aren't alive anymore, but were never Mormon. And now they will be a Mormon. They can be in heaven. Yeah. (laughs) In the right place. And we do a lot of work for, you know, genealogy. We spent my my mom, she spent so much time going to cemeteries and looking up names and trying to find your genealogy, right? Your tree, because those people need the baptism. And it's your responsibility as a living LDS 
to baptize your your yeah. ancestors. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So now the point we were at in the story before I interrupted you was that you were, this is what's interesting about COVID because when you stay home for a while, because this is what happened for me too. I decided it's COVID and we're just going to stay home. So then, you know, you're not really with the people like every day and doing all those things that took up so much time. Wait a minute. Like there could be more to life than just like going every day to do whatever I have to do. Yeah. Even we start enjoying ourselves more. Like yeah. We enjoyed our weekends more that we were not cleaning yeah. the church or moving somebody, or, right? Like it wasn't yeah. the things that we had to do every weekend and was eating up our weekend. Yeah. And then we were just tired in the house. Now yeah. staying home, we were like, oh, we can go for a walk. We can, you know, <laughs> have breakfast and not yeah. worry about the time we need to go to church. And that's another thing with LDS is that you don't have the choice of not going every Sunday. You need to go. And if you don't mm. go, they're calling you. Why aren't you at church? You know, and then you need wow. to give an excuse. So like, I'm sick, but you can't lie. So it's, this, <laughs> you know, weird thing that it's just easier to go anyways, even if you don't yeah. want to. I get it. I can draw some parallels between the fundamentalist religion I grew up in, which is not Mormonism. But even though we didn't have things we had to do every day, like as far as go to the church and do things, it's still, you know, there was like a Bible class once a week and there was church services on Sunday. But outside of that, you still felt this obligation to to do all these things in the right way, right? To wear certain things or not wear certain things or, you know, not behave in certain ways. So in a different way than you, yes, if you weren't at church, people noticed and they were wondering what's, and I always felt so guilty. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to make an excuse. Like, why do you have to make an excuse if you don't want to go somewhere on a Sunday morning? Right. <laughs> it's just dumb, right? And it's <laughs> heavy, right? Because we have this whole thing of, oh, yeah. now they will be judging me. I know. And now I feel shame. So, oh, you know, so shameful. Just, they, yeah. yeah. Right. They're guilty, like all the guilt and shame, right? There's oh, the guilt and shame so cycle. Guilty. Oh, yes. totally. Yeah. Totally. But it sounds to me like you didn't experience anything before that, like throughout your Mormon story, like you didn't experience things that made you feel guilty and shameful, right? I mean, like, you know how there's oh, all those everything. rules and. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's everything. It's, yeah. If you go to Starbucks and someone uh, from church sees you at Starbucks, you're like, you need to make sure they know it's hot chocolate, right? Because you, don't you could coffee. hot chocolate, but not coffee. No, not coffee. So well, what's the I, difference between uh, coffee right? and hot chocolate? <laughs> well, I mean, so they seriously, yeah. they both have caffeine. If yeah. that's what is the rule about coffee? I don't, I still don't really so understand the coffee. Thing. We have five, I think it's five items that we just don't do at all. And it's called the word of wisdom. So you don't eat those things. It, it's coffee, alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, and I think it's black tea. Oh. So, if so it's not the caffeine. That's not the no, caffeine. it's not the caffeine. No, it's just oh. a rule. We don't know <laughs> what it not- is. No one understands. Yeah. Okay. I would feel the shame of having this cup and I would feel the need to open it and show whoever I see. Or if you are at the grocery store and I'm walking through the aisle where they sell coffee, 
Yeah. I need to like look away because if someone sees me, they can't see me looking at coffee. I mean, I'm not buying wow. coffee. So, right. That's so it's all those things yeah. like I had times where people would actually, members of my church would see me at a coffee aisle and we make a little, oh, I'm not buying coffee. It's like, oh, I know. <laughs> you know, I kind of have this little joke, but. You know, or like in the alcohol aisle, like you just, you just don't even go there because it's the appearance of the evil. That's how they call it. So you mm. want to avoid the appearance of evil. Yeah. Uh, so all those things brings a lot of shame. Yes. So yeah, I get that because in our church, they're big coffee drinkers. I don't even drink coffee. I don't like coffee, so I don't drink it, but they love coffee, but the alcohol, right? That's a no, no, like that's it's sinful. And I don't know what else <laughs> you become an alcoholic and yeah. it's going right. to remove you from God. I don't know all the things <laughs> about alcohol. Yeah. So it is interesting how you just like this substance, right. That can cause so much thoughts and feelings and, and behaviors even, <laughs> right. Yeah, like yes. you're like, Oh, you know, the, the thing you have to do in order to make yourself feel good about it, oh, which is, yeah. And it's everything like you ask about the garments, right? So you need to wear sleeves to cover the garments. And if I go work out, some Mormons would actually wear the garments to go to the gym. And I was like this, especially in Brazil, I was so into it. But I would wear regular clothes that covers my shoulders with the garments. When I get to the gym, I would go to the bathroom, change and get out of my garments because I couldn't fathom the idea of driving without the garments because yeah. what if I die, the garments, is so the protection, the, the garments, it's what would keep me safe in a car crash. Yeah. So of course I need to wear them. Yes. It's so, it's interesting how these beliefs can just become so embedded. I mean, they really do kind of control your life. Like, I know I've thought about this a lot. Like that is so interesting. We build this foundation of, and then we, our whole life gets constructed around it. And then there's all the downside of it too, of that guilt and shame, which I feel is that helpful. (laughs) You know, in my case, it's just not, it's not, it can really lead you down a dark path. No, And it just controls everything about you, right? It controls how your parents, it controls how in your relationship with your husband, it controls so much a relationship with your parents. Yeah. The shame, like if you leave the church, can you tell your parents? Would they accept yeah. you? Would they love you the same way if yes. you're not a member? Yeah. You know, so it has all this. So so we're at that point in the story. You so what happened? Okay, we got off on a tangent, but I love tangents. So we're like, now it's COVID time and you've decided not to attend and you and your husband are like, wow, we have all this enjoyment on Sundays. So now what happens? And it's like, when do you actually, like for you, when did something click that you don't want to really stay? Oh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know when it truly happened, but it was small things that I started thinking, because another thing is the church is that you don't think for yourself. Oh, yeah. You pray, <laughs> you can ask God, God will tell you, and mm. you pray, but you don't go and look online. You are like, it's totally against looking at anti-Mormon websites. Or, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense, but it keeps you in this bubble. And I remember like getting very upset with my husband one day and, and yelling at him and saying, you burst my bubble. I was happier in my bubble, right? Because mm-hmm. it was so much easier to have something to control you. You had something yes. to tell me what is the right thing to do. Oh, um, yeah. So I think when it was just looking at history, it's just like, it just doesn't make sense. 
You know, when you um, when I was trying to make sense of history, make sense of polygamy, make sense of so many things in the church, it was like it just doesn't make sense. Did you have any gut? I'm just curious if you had any gut feelings as you were doing that. Oh no. No, you didn't was, have any gut feelings when you were researching or. Oh, when I was researching. Oh, okay. I thought you asked me before. I was like, no, before I was. Totally oh, right. Mad. You were in your, you're like, okay, this is the belief I have. And this is what I'm told yeah. to believe. I'm just going to follow it. That's what you decided. Right. Yes, and you just went along. Absolutely. Totally 100%. get that. Yes. <laughs> I did. I had yeah. something was like, something is not right. Yeah. I don't know what it is. There's a feeling. Yeah. Right. But what really got me was when I started looking at the church is very against homosexuality, very against. Yeah. And I was just like looking at my children. Right. And it's like, there is a, I have three. (laughs) It's a lot. Yeah. There's a chance one of them might be, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to grow up with. I just don't know. You don't and know. Yeah. How can I go to a place where they're taught that they're not worthy? So that yeah. was like the, the worthiness was a word that really got to me because if you drink coffee, you're not worthy to go to the temple, right? If you don't mm. wear your garments, you're not worthy to go to heaven. Right. So it has that word worthiness. And then I would look at my children and I was like, what if one of them is gay? Mm-hmm. right? They won't be worthy. Mm-hmm. So that was really harsh to me. And then I was coaching women that has such drama over this. Like I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of right. Yeah. my husband. My husband is too good for me. I'm not worthy of him. Mm. And I was just yeah. like, what is happening? So that was, yeah. to me, was when I was like, something is wrong here. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is not okay. Like, the polygamy here, and then homosexuality here yeah. and worthiness here. This is just not matching to a church. It's just not okay. So you just stopped going at some point? We stopped because of COVID. So that was right. a great excuse for us. Because yep. We don't have any family around. So we okay. were like, we cannot, cannot get sick with COVID. So we yeah. were taking all you know the quarantine really seriously, social distancing very, very seriously. So it was just a no-brainer to not go to church. But then you just and, didn't go back. Is that what you're saying? Just never, yes. And then you just never went back. Now, did you tell your family? And No, my, my mm. side of the family, they're totally fine. They understand. And my parents are still very strong members of the church. My husband's side, we don't really talk about it. But yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I they just, know. you're allowed to see them, right? We are. Yeah. yeah. But it's just, it's more of how they would treat us if they knew we were not fully active in the church. Oh, you really haven't told them is what you're saying. Oh, no. Okay. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. They won't listen to this episode. <laughs> I don't think they would. <laughs> no, that's interesting though. What we choose, because that's kind of a place I'm in too, is I haven't really talked about this with my parents and my sister who are really strong in our church. and. I feel like it would be a relief to talk about it, but yeah, I haven't found the words or the way, right? And it's just difficult. I think, yes, for me, what we see is that it's just breaking their hearts because yeah. in the church, they, for them, what they would see it as, we won't have them in heaven, right? This <laughs> yeah. part of the family won't be with them in heaven. So out of respect for them, believe, I yeah. don't want to break their hearts. Yeah. Yeah. But in another way too, I have thought that 
why can't I make my own choices as an adult and tell them, I love you. You know, I don't really care that you believe that. I just don't believe it. We can have our own beliefs and we can still be a family. Isn't this amazing? <laughs> right. And it's so that's so- where I get so sad with Mormonism is that no, you yeah. can't. You can't have the family. Yeah. Well, you know, in our church, they would say, well, you're not going to heaven. Now they get really, really upset about that and sad about it. You know, oh, it's like you've been kicked out of the tribe now. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah. So, oh, that's so fascinating. So I'm curious because I know you're just learning your human design, but you said you're a four or six manifester. And the four is very community oriented because I have a line for it also. It's like you love connection especially people you trust, you like that loving, trusting. And I think that for me, especially like church kept that. That's why I stayed so long. I'm like, I have this community. It feels safe. It feels secure. Line four, like security. So I can see why between you and I, there's some similarities (laughs) because I too wanted to be all in. I'm like, I'm going to be all in because then I'm acceptable. I'm acceptable. Now people love me and they accept me. Yeah, I have some struggles myself, but I don't know if I really believe that, you know, like, it's just like my thoughts about it, like, hmm, but let's not say that. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard to leave the community. And one of my questions was, where would I find community? Yes, that's one of the hardest things. Yes. Where would I find? So it was a little bit, you know, easier Mm -hmm. to leave when I couldn't find a community here in Massachusetts because I I didn't have the community anyways. You already don't have it. Right. But even this, I can see like the need to stay for the community. Yes. There's a safety thing. Yeah. And it feels like, well, and my children, then they'll find, you know, their spouses and they'll have families in church. You know, I don't know. It's just that whole thinking about, about the lineage as it goes on. Like that's been really hard for me to process through process. Yes. Yes. Like now what, where is the community? I don't know yet. I'm still trying to figure that out for myself, but, oh, I really appreciate this. You brought up some good points that I think a lot of other people, a lot of other women, even if they're not Mormon, who are really trying to wrap their head around, well, what do I want to believe? And where do I fit in anymore? You know, because when you have this faith crisis, it really does make you question a lot of things. And so thank you so much for sharing your story. I am wondering if you can just tell us like, you know, where can people find you if they wanted to find out more about what kind of coaching you do, or what's your program about just a couple minutes about that? Yes, thank you. It's my first time sharing my faith story. So thanks for listening to yes. you. Well, I love hearing it. <laughs> so my name is Thais Glenn. You can find me Thais Glenn Coaching uh, Instagram or my website is Thais Glenn Coaching. And I coach women that have been stuck in their perfect reality. You know, when your life is just absolutely perfect and everyone yeah. envy you. But yeah. you are unhappy and unfulfilled and you just are stuck and you just can't move on. And that's what I do. I just get you out of this and show you that beautiful reality that everybody else can see but you. Awesome. Um, that's what I do in coaching. In the show notes, I'll have linked to your website and stuff okay. so people can go there. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please go subscribe so that you get notified of all the future goodies that are coming along. 
While you're there, please leave me a review and let me know what you think. So excited to share this with you and can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.